the Sunday Sermons Podcast. Well, as always, welcome to Morrison Hill Christian Church. As you can see, this is not the building. Uh, I'm not in my normal super dressed up clothes that you see me in. (laughs) But uh, this has been a crazy week and I just want to be real with you. I've got COVID. This This is the world we're living in right this second. But I'm devoted to making sure this actually happens. We've got to keep God's business going. And don't think I'm any kind of a martyr. In fact, I'm going to start today with quotes from two actual martyrs, Jim Elliott and Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, but, but I do want to talk today about devotion, and I wanted to just let you know that this is you tuning in today, no matter where you are, instead of just not doing church, that's devotion. Me trying to still do this, that's devotion. Jim Elliott said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Jim, of course, him and Nate Saint and several others are famous for dying in their efforts to bring an indigenous group of people from Ecuador to Christ. And even though they died long before that happened, they were successful. The entire group came to Christ through the efforts of their families after them. Dr. Martin Luther King said, Prayer is a marvelous and necessary supplement of our feeble efforts, but it is a dangerous substitute. Being the wise man he was, I know that Dr. King knew that prayer is much more than just a supplement to our efforts. It's, it's the access to the power of God and so much more. But what he's saying here is if all we do is just pray about stuff, we're missing a big part of what God expected us to do. He wanted us, He wants us to be devoted to the things that he cares about. Jesus expects so much more than just quote-unquote devotions. And for some reason, we, we tend to not even take those as seriously as we should sometimes. People feel like they're really going overboard spiritually if they spend five or ten minutes a day with God praying or, or if they read the Bible consistently. He expects so much more. So that's why today we're going to explore what we mean by devotion. Let's start out with this. Jesus demands complete devotion. Jesus demands complete devotion. Listen to just one of the many examples of how he talked to crowds about what he expected when he wanted them to follow him. Luke 14, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I mean, this is the Messiah they'd been expecting. They shouldn't have been too surprised. This is the way God had spoken to them all along. Right before he formed the new covenant, the Mosaic covenant, gave them the Ten Commandments and all the other laws and codes that went with that. In Exodus 19, here's God talking to the Israelites. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And again, this is an entire nation, an entire group of people that are there. Their whole purpose is to intercede between God and others. This was the dream that he asked. And this this encompasses both of the big ideas that we mean when we say devotion. If we say that someone is devoted as an adjective form, devoted means committed. It means loyal. 
It means faithful. And it also means relentless. And when we, say, when we say that we are helping people become fully devoted and equipped followers of Jesus Christ, we mean all of those things. Here's a question. This is an actual question, not a rhetorical one. In fact, on the life group questions that we published earlier this week, this is literally one of the questions on them. Why are we so surprised when we see somebody like Jim Elliott or Dr. King sacrifice everything to do something that God is passionate about? Why is that a shock? Why is it so so unusual? Why is it so much of an amazing thing when we see someone sacrifice everything to follow Christ and help others follow him. D- devoted means sanctified. It means set apart for specific purposes. And it means absolutely relentless at getting those purposes done. If you're devoted, you're 100% committed. You're 100% loyal, 100% faithful. You realize that you belong to God. This idea of being belonging to God, this is consistent throughout scripture as well, even when the word devoted means other things. For example, Joshua 6, 17, Joshua tells the people, the city and all that is in it, this is as they're about to attack, um, excuse me, they're about to attack Jericho, the famous battle there. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. Notice in this context, devoted means it's about to be destroyed. But what it really means is it's set aside. It's not yours. It's God's. And that's all there is to it. You can't have it. It's not yours anymore. And why is Rahab and her family spared? Because she had already devoted herself to God. She had risked everything to help those spies. Just quick Fast forward tour through the Old Testament and back to the New Testament to see how this plays out. First Kings 11.4. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. As the heart of, his, as the heart of David his father had been. Again, this guy had everything going for him. He had more riches, more power, and more wisdom, more God-given supernatural wisdom than any other person, really, that's ever lived. This is an amazing guy, and yet he throws it away. Why? Because he made some relationships. He made some choices that he shared that devotion to God, and and that tore him away. He, He was no longer fully devoted. And so even with all the wisdom, all the blessings, all of the promises, all of everything that God had given him, he was torn away and he missed what could have been. Second Chronicles 17.6 is a good example, though, that King Jehoshaphat says his heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the Asherah poles from Judah. In other words, he not only did not worship idols himself, he destroyed the places where people went to worship idols. He was very serious about following God and helping the people stay devoted to God with him. Again, Jesus talked about this idea all the time. Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters, Jesus said. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
Again, it, it doesn't matter what the other thing is. It doesn't matter if it's the devil himself or if it's money or if it's an idol that you carry around in your pocket or what it is. If it's not God, it's a thief that's there to kill and steal and destroy. It's, it's, it's not devotion. It's not what Jesus said. Again, why is this so hard? Why, why is this such a hard revolutionary idea to be that completely devoted to God? Why do we always want to hedge our bets? Why, why do we, and myself included, we always going to go, now, now that doesn't mean you, you can't have a job. That doesn't mean you can't care about sports. That doesn't mean you can't love your family. We always want to put disclaimers. Well, I, I think it has something to do with what Soren Kierkegaard said just about faith itself. He said, it is so hard to believe because it's so hard to obey. I think we're scared. I, I think when we realize that to be devoted, to be fully devoted to God means that he owns everything. Every minute of our lives, every part of our bodies, every relationship, every alliance that we will ever make in our lives. is Actually, God has the only say in it. Once we have completely surrendered to him, once we have become and are still becoming fully, completely transformed into his image, devoted followers. He owns it all. G.K. Chesterton said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and not tried. Now, I believe that's really the truth. I think that's, that's why we struggle so hard is before we actually jump off that bridge, jump out of that airplane, do whatever, use any metaphor you think, before we actually 100% devote ourselves, we kind of back off. And that's why it's still so hard to believe. We don't know what it feels like to 100% be devoted to God. But devoted, again, doesn't just mean committed to God. It doesn't just mean that we've somehow, in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, we've kind of resigned ourselves that we belong to God and so does everything else. It also means relentless. Devoted means relentless. A lifelong, total faithfulness, complete devotion requires countless, stubborn, and daily choices. A lot of hard, hard work. One dad that I admire a ton is uh, Dick Hoyt from Team Hoyt. You might have heard of them before. They, um, together, him and his disabled son, have completed well over a thousand major races. And I'm talking about marathons, Ironman triathlons, multiple Boston marathons. They ran and swam across America in 1992. I, I think their last official race was in 2014. They were approximately 74 and 52 years old at the time. They're still doing charity races and things and probably will until they die. But this, this story of this, this dad, he, his, his son was, he was told he could just never do anything. He needed to just be in an institution, but he knew there was more going on. He and his wife fought to give him more. It's such a wonderful, inspiring story, but all it took was one five mile race and his son telling him that night that when they ran together, when he, his dad is actually pushing him in the chair, that he felt like he wasn't handicapped. And that was enough. That was enough to make him devote the rest of his life to doing this kind of stuff. It was incredible. But devotion is such a much bigger thing than what it feels like to us. It's not about 
inspiration. It's not about impressing other people. In fact, like we looked at last week, Jesus said if what we do is trying to to look good to other people, we've already received whatever we were going to get in full already. The, The things we expect from God are the results that we expect on the other side of our devotion is what makes it holy. Let me try and clarify that. Uh, Christ-like loyalty and codependency can sometimes look a lot alike. The difference is really what we're willing to sacrifice and what our true motivations are. See, codependency is willing to sacrifice holiness, sacrifice integrity, sacrifice just about anything. And we feel like we're devoted to this person. We feel like we're just so committed and so self-sacrificing. We feel like we're just giving up everything. We're just willing to do anything. We're such a good person because we are, we're trying to help this other person that we love. And what actually is happening is we're keeping them weak. We're keeping them broken. We're guaranteeing helping them stay distant from God, helping them feel good about things that are tearing them apart. Codependency is idolatry. It doesn't work. It doesn't help the people we love. It doesn't help us. But loyalty looks just as obsessive. Christ-like loyalty looks just as nuts, just as self-sacrificing, just as relentless. And yet it's all about empowering the other person. Actually, helping people, if you will. It's all about helping them get stronger, giving them every possible chance to make the choices that they need to make, of giving them the grace and the patience and whatever else they need along the way, helping them and taking up some of the slack. Again, it often looks almost exactly like codependency, but it's not because it's all about empowering them. It's helping them change, giving them every possible way to become a fully devoted follower of Christ themselves requires countless stubborn daily choices and so much hard work. But it's worth it. See, Jesus and the religious leaders of his day, I I know you've heard this many times, but it's one of the things as you read through the Gospels, you see it over and over. This is one of the biggest things that they clashed on all the time. Is they had settled for a lot of rules that were easy to manage, easy to define, easy to hold each other accountable about, easy to check off a list, easy to be able to say, see, you can see that I'm fully devoted to God because this, 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 and this. There you go. Maybe I should get an award or something. And Jesus kept saying, no, it's it's so much deeper than that. Here, here's one of many examples. Mark 7, 6 to 9. The story begins. Jesus and his disciples sit down to eat and they don't wash their hands. And they get all over him about that. He, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. One example of how they did that, he talks about it right after that, is that he, God had always wanted them to express their love to him by loving others. So you love the Lord your God and love others like you love yourself. And one of the mo- most common ways that he wants us to do that is loving our family, including honoring our fathers and our mothers. 
but the Jewish leaders of his day had this rule called Corbin. It was kind of a really dark religious tax evasion kind of a tactic where they could say that all the money that they would use to support their elderly parents, they were going to devote that to God. The word was Corbin. It meant a version of devoted to God. And Jesus said that, that doesn't cut it. That's, that's not okay. That's, that's not a little holier than all the other people who just take care of their parents. That's worse. It's, you're missing the whole point. And we, we must follow Jesus' example. It's not about checking things off a list. It's not about making sure that we got in enough time doing this or that or whatever. All of those things have to be based on truly being devoted to him. Understanding that we completely belong to him. Everything that we are, everything that we're becoming is his. And we're relentlessly devoted to that. That always includes love. Again, Jesus himself, John 13, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. All of that being said, there's a reason why we call that time with God, those things that we check off the list, those those things that we do that are measurable, that are visible to other people, that people hold us accountable to do. There's a reason we call those devotions. It's because they help us stay devoted. And true disciples stay truly devoted. Let me say that one more time. True disciples stay truly devoted. In Acts chapter 2, when the first disciples began to fulfill the Great Commission and the first believers came to Christ, they repented of their sins, they were baptized, they were forgiven of their sins, they received the Holy Spirit, and that was just the beginning, and they knew that. Their lives had to change, and they did. Acts 2 verse 42, they devoted themselves. Listen, this is really important. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I'm going to read that one more time. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now we're going to explore all four of those even more next week when we talk about what we mean by equipping people. When we say we're trying to help people become fully equipped followers of Jesus. But listen today one more time. Even if you've heard this a thousand times, I need you to get this because this is how we stay devoted. And we've got to be devoted to these things, not because we're trying to impress other people, not because we're trying to stick to our traditions, not because somehow it just looks bad if we don't, but because this is the blueprint. This is the pattern. This is how Jesus and his earliest disciples, his earliest converts, this is how they set this all up. This is what it looks like like when we are fully devoted. First thing they're fully devoted to is the apostles' teaching, which is the good news about Jesus. The apostles, as they taught every Sunday, they were teaching from the Old Testament. The New Testament was still being written as they went at that moment in time. But they're teaching about how the whole Old Testament now makes sense because the Messiah had come. And they're teaching the very words of Jesus, the stories, the firsthand stories about Jesus. Many of the people that they're leading to Christ had actually seen Christ or heard about him in real time before this happened. They'd they'd been a part of this story. 
And the apostles' teaching was trying to put all of that together, the Old Testament, all of the teachings of Jesus, all the new teachings the apostles were sharing, all of the new lifestyle, answering the questions that the people had. A lot of the apostles' teaching become what we now call the epistles, the letters that were written by the apostles to various churches. But all of this, they they constantly were, were getting together. They were devoted to at least once a week as one great big group they would get together and they would read scripture and talk about how it all pointed to Jesus and how they were going to live that out and then it actually tells us that they daily met in each other's homes to do these things as well first timothy 4:13 paul writes until i come devote yourself to the public reading of scriptures to preaching and to teaching again this is something that stayed consistent And it needs to stay consistent today. The second thing that they devoted themselves, what devotion looks like still today, is they were devoted to fellowship. And this is not just getting together, but it means getting together. It means forming deep connections. And in this crazy time where we have to rely on technology so much and we're having to just reimagine almost everything that we do in so many ways, we can't lose track that this has still got to be the ideal. We actually connect with each other in real ways, in real time, somehow or another. And if at all possible, we connect in person. We, we form real relationships that really matter, not just with God, but with each other. Romans 12, 2, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The third thing that the early believers were devoted to, that we must be devoted to when we are fully devoted believers, this is an obsession with us, is breaking of bread. And this means eating together. It means sharing. If if you read that whole passage uh, at the end of Acts chapter 2, you see that they not only met to study things, but they ate together. They shared. No one had need. If they had to, they'd sell something so they'd have more money to share. They took care of each other. And even more than that, breaking of bread means communion. Uh, their, their communion was kind of like the, the end of a fellowship meal kind of a thing, more than the little snack cracker, little cup that we do most of the time these days. It was a big deal. But the idea of getting together, the idea of eating together, the idea of symbolically partaking of the blood and the body of Christ together, of remembering these things together, of connecting with him and each other together, They were devoted to that. And no matter the circumstances, somehow or another, we've got to keep doing that. Because that's what it looks like. It means more than just going to church. It means more than just taking communion or whatever religious things that may, may, it may look like that's all it is to us or to other people, but truly devoted followers it's so much more. First Corinthians ten sixteen. It's not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ. And it's not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ. The fourth thing that they were devoted to, that we still have to be devoted to, was prayer. And again, this is a deep connection, not only with God, obviously, but also with everybody else who is also sinking their hearts and their souls and their wills with God on a daily basis. Paul writes in Colossians 4, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
Again, I, I showed just these four examples just to remind you, this, these are not just, this is not just what the early church did and, hey, good for them. These are things that this is what we're supposed to do too. And fully devoted followers of Jesus are devoted to these things. Again, not because it's some sort of a religious tradition, not because it feels good, not because we like to get together, not because our grandparents or our parents did or, or we do or we really like our church or whatever else. It's because we're devoted to these things. And these things keep us devoted. True disciples stay truly devoted. And they do whatever it takes to do that. Team Hoyt, I guarantee you, they don't just run those races. They have to train nonstop, the dad especially. But they're out there doing that together all the time where there's no possible way they could have even completed any of them, let alone well over a thousand major, major races. We're going to wrap up here today. And I, I just want to speak just right, right, just, I, I'm just talking to you. I'm literally on my back porch speaking heart to heart. And I'm asking you to, let's just, the last illustration is literally us right here, right now. If we're going to stay the body of Christ, if we're going to become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ than ever, we have to be laser focused on these. We've got to be devoted to these. We've got to throw away anything that's just tradition about it, but we've got to embrace more than ever why we do these things. We've got to be fully devoted to the apostles' teaching. We've got to read God's word. We do that together. Yeah, your daily devotions matter. Your, your time alone with God, not so that you can look good to everybody else. Yes, I read my Bible today. I had my five minutes. I pray. My, not because of that. You need to connect with God. You've got to know his voice. If we don't know his voice, it'll always get drowned out by all the other voices. And his is the only one that matters. We've got to be committed to hearing the apostles' teaching, to studying it, to sharing it together. We've got to be committed to fellowship, whatever that takes. When, it, when necessary, we, we can use technology and we can use whatever else we need to use. But we've got to be committed to that idea that we're doing life together. Discipleship was designed to do together. It's a group of people. It's Jesus, the good shepherd, and a whole herd of sheep following him. And all of them listening to the same voice. And all of them going the same direction because they're following the same shepherd. We've got to be devoted to breaking of bread. I look forward to the day where we can eat together more again. But absolutely, at least bare minimum taking communion We've got to, we've absolutely got to get this thing where we share. We share the things that keep us alive physically as well as spiritually. We share those things and we remember Jesus in the midst of those. And especially the table of the Lord itself. And we've got to be fully devoted to prayer. We've got to keep praying, not just that God will heal this person or heal that person or, or, or whatever, fix whatever problem, but pray that his will will be done. Pray the way he taught us to pray, that he, our heavenly father, his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven, that he will show us daily how we can be a part of that, that as needed, he'll, he'll forgive us and that he will renew us and he'll protect us and he'll do whatever else needs to happen so that he can have all the glory. 
I don't, I don't know what any of this today is the thing that God has put on your heart the most. But as always, I, 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 I want to end with you praying this prayer to him. Lord, I will do this. Lord, I will fully devote myself to you. Lord, I will, I will repent of codependency with someone else or codependency with other people at church, uh, trying to look like a great Christian instead of really, truly being devoted, fully devoted to you and to these things that you've called us to do. God, I renew, I will renew my devotion to you, my devotion to these things that I know keep me alive and keep me devoted. Lord, I will take this action. I will, I will do these things. I will be relentless. Whatever prayer God is asking you to pray, would you pray that today? Would you, would you say it with 100% genuine devotion? God, I will. I will. I fully devote myself to you. That's his dream. That's my dream for all of us. And I hope that you will, I hope that you'll pray that with me today.